Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody next. You say, the life of God dwells in me. And the life of God dwells in you. Therefore, you have victory. Under every circumstance, in every situation, and in every place. And your victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. I want to welcome you all. Welcome everybody who's joining us by live stream. We're so glad that you're here this morning. I believe that God has some things uh, for us this morning. And uh, uh, really in the, the days to come, that will be very helpful uh, for us. Praise the Lord. And uh, really what God has called us to and what God is doing uh, in us, what he's doing for us, what he's doing through us. As we said, there's just some uh, tremendous things. It's going to be a little bit old school. Praise the Lord. And uh, I have a little bit of an echo. I don't know. It might sound really good to y'all, but I'm, I'm getting that. So uh, if we can work that out, that will help me uh, not hear myself after I say something. Um, <laughs> praise the Lord. And uh, uh, so it's going to be uh, to bring us back to a place and some understanding. You know, I, was, uh, I did a small group, uh, the awe of God with the young adults. And at the end of every uh, session that we did, I just encouraged them, come and just give us a testimony of something good God has done for you this week. And do you know, uh, and I'm, I, I don't mean to say anything or sound negative, do you know how long it took to get somebody started? Shouldn't take us very long to understand something good God has done for us. See, the enemy will come and try to manipulate our, our day, our week, our relationships, and our thinking to begin to think that there is more bad than good. But as believers, what energizes and makes our faith communicable to others, to encourage them, to draw them along, as Philemon says, is to acknowledge. Somebody say acknowledge. To acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ. We sing about it. God is good all the time. God's good all the time. The devil's not good any of the time. Circumstances of life, the Bible didn't say circumstances of life are good all the time. That all the circumstances of life that come to you are not good all the time. But God is good all the time. And when we get our mind off of that and somehow we begin to think somehow God's not good, then the enemy is winning the battle. When we can't find any good about God in our life, the enemy is winning the battle. And so we begin to try to have a reflection of who God is to the world. And if it's not good, it's not the proper reflection. And so as we begin to talk about these, uh, the connections that we have, the relationships that we have, really the, the understanding of these relationships that God has really created for us and the divine connections that we have. We have a screen up there, uh, the title of the message, Covenant Connections. And really those connections that we have, I was uh, talking to somebody today and they were in a meeting where somebody had pointed statistics and right now, uh, really the, the greatest uh, thing that is creating disease, sickness, plaguing people right now is aloneness. Yeah. 
We have the internet, we have more information, we have all these kind of ideas that we connect, we crave connection, we crave community, but yet we don't really even know how to have divine connection. We don't know how to have relationship. We as the church like to say, listen, I'm going to minister to you something that's not about religion, it's about relationship, but we don't know how to have relationship. Because we haven't really looked to God to really understand the divine relationships that he's created. And when we begin to look at ourselves, and, and the world can have all kinds of relationships. We can look at all kinds of relationships, but, and there may be more than this. But we're going to focus on bringing these together because there's our relationship that we have with God through the blood of Jesus. There's the relationship that we have. We've been talking about this in marriage. And then there's the relationship that we have with each other. Amen. And those are relationships divinely brought to us by God. They're divinely created relationships. They are covenant relationships. Somebody say that with me. Covenant, covenant. Relationships. relationships. And so our lack of understanding in Western culture of covenant has caused us to not enter into the depth of relationship that God wants us to have. And the church will, if we are going to arise, we are going to have to arise together, and we're going to have to arise in a divine, connected relationship with one another. God didn't create us to singly arise, to, to really create an avenue for ourselves to be seen, but that together Christ might be seen through us. And the local church bodies culminate together as we would to be a part of the body where we're connected, but we're connected to the body. So individually, a, a church home, a, a local church should be bound together very tightly, but we shouldn't be disconnected from the rest of the body of Christ. There shouldn't be a, 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 a breaking down. And so there's a lot of, the Bible is really just full of covenant language. The, the Bible's full of covenant understanding that we don't understand. There's so many things that we, we don't see, we don't understand about it. You know, when John writes about the love of God, he's talking about a depth of love, a, a depth of covenant love, covenant friendship. And we'll cover uh, uh, much of those things as we go through this, but we don't understand some of that. Even we sing a song, we're the friend of God. But if the Western mentality of friendship comes in, we, we water it down to nothing. But when God talks about covenant friendship with Abraham, when Jesus talks about being our friend, he's not talking about throwing his arm around us and going, buddy, old pal. He's talking about covenant friendship. Covenant friendship. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about some of those things. We're going to break some of those things down. But I want to go back and just remind us just for a minute where we started this year through prayer because I believe that it has a lot to do with it and reminding ourselves. All throughout the old covenant, God had to speak through the prophets, come back again and says, you need to remember the Lord your God. You need to remember the covenant that you have with God. You need to remember those things. That word remember is not to draw up from forgetfulness, always forgetting and go, oh, yeah, I need to remember, 
right? So often, well, I'm just forgetful. God doesn't want us forgetful. He wants us to remember, which means to keep in the forefront of your thinking. So that's why for us it's so important to find and to get connected to a word and begin to meditate in it. A word from God, not just the most popular word, but what is God saying to us that we begin to meditate on it, we begin to keep it in the forefront of our thinking. What is God? God may be saying something to you, but we're all connected. God's saying something to us through his word that we might be intricately connected to do something greater in serving one another, something greater in serving our community than we could do on our own. Binding together. How do we bind together? There's something that's lost in our, our, our culture today, and uh, uh, we're going to get into this in just a moment. But, uh, uh, and I don't want to chase you all out this morning by cussing. But there's a word in our culture that has become a very bad word, and it's, are you ready? Brace yourself. Grab onto the chair. You're going to think the pastor's cussing. It's called commitment. <laughs> commitment. See, the world has, has really, we, we're not to be uh, molded. Anyway, let's just read a scripture. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3. Sorry. You know me if we're going to introduce something. It's just kind of bubbling over. I'm actually shaking. I was thinking about this preparing. I started shaking and I thought, man, this this just a glimmer. Paul was feeling this way when he confronted the, the, the church at Corinth. He said, I'm not coming to you in men's wisdom. He said, I'm fearing and trembling. I want to come to you with a word from God. I believe it's a word from God for us. I don't want to, I don't want us to just, you know, feel like we went to church. I want something to impact us because it is the power of God. It is the book. It is the book. We, we've allowed people to say, well, that's under the law, and this is under grace. This is about covenant. There's the old covenant, and there's the new covenant, and they're based in different things, but it's a covenant with God. The New Testament is the new covenant. It's a covenant based on better promises. It's a covenant, though. It's a covenant made between us and God, not with the blood of bulls and goats, which could not really do anything but cover sin, but we have a covenant made with the blood of Jesus, and that blood removes. Somebody say remove. That blood removes all sin. It cleanses of all sin, and we'll get into it. But Hebrews tells us, listen, if you understand this covenant, if you understand the power of the blood of Jesus, if I understand the power of the blood of Jesus rightly, there is no condemnation. That doesn't mean we go out and sin. It, we realize I'm totally washed. I don't have residue. I don't have results. I don't have the thinking 
My conscience has been cleansed. See, the enemy keeps running us back. Well, I can't forget that. I can't. Um, it's in my consciousness. We've allowed other stuff to come to the forefront of our thinking that have nothing to do with our covenant with God through Jesus Christ. And it dominates our thinking, which dominates our actions, which dominates our speaking, which dominates everything. But when we get the understanding of the covenant through the blood of Jesus, it moves to the forefront and it dominates how we see our relationship with God. It dominates our family relationship. It dominates our family relationship. It dominates. It's at the forefront of our thinking, how we act, how we communicate, how we see things, because it's at the forefront of our thinking, the blood of Jesus, not our wrong, not our mistake not our shortcomings, but the blood that has cleansed us. I no longer see myself inadequate. I see myself equipped and on fire and awakened to the things of God through the blood of Jesus. Because I'm in covenant with him. It's not about what I can do. It's about what he's done to join me to himself, that I'm in union with Christ. I'm one with him. And if he did it, I can do it because we're one through covenant. We're not separate. We're one with him. Individually, we're one. Corporately, we're one. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. So when he talks about casting down thoughts and imaginations, the enemy's always trying to bring stuff that's contrary to the obedience of Christ. Why? To get our thinking out of the understanding of covenant. Why? Because your victory is through covenant with him. Your health is through covenant with him. Your well-being is through covenant with him. It all comes through the understanding of covenant with him, not our own. It's not by our might. It's not by our power. It's by the empowerment of the spirit of God within us. All right, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. We started this year moving in and praying into the the, the two years, he says, my son, do not forget my law. So we're going we're gonna to just put in here because we have an adverse thought because it's very much the same. Don't forget my covenant. Don't forget my covenant. But let your heart keep my commands. Why? For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Length of days, long life, and peace, the covenant and the terms of that covenant will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. By not forgetting his covenant, the terms of the covenant go. Long life, health, favor, high esteem. If you felt like you were under it lately, 
Felt like you were underappreciated? Been struggling with health, vitality, energy? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Why? Because through that covenant, he's involved in every aspect of your life. Every aspect of your life. And he will direct your paths. He will direct your path. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh, strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty, your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. He goes on to talk about happy is the one who finds wisdom from God. Turn to uh, uh, Psalms 37. Psalms 37. Psalms 37, verse 1. Do not fret because of evildoers. Anybody been a little fretful because of evildoers over the last number of years? Nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Feed on his faithfulness. Dwell in the land that he's called you to. Feed on his faithfulness. His faithfulness to what? His faithfulness to his covenant. His faithfulness to his covenant. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit. Wow, it's in the Bible. (laughs) There is some language in the Bible that's tough. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes See, the enemy's always going to try to get you to look at somebody else, what's going on, who's doing that, he said, but feed on the faithfulness, the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God. Praise the Lord. Turn over to Hebrews, or, or excuse me, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And verse 1. Again, very familiar scriptures. But we just want to launch off of this this morning, again, as we opened up the new year, talking about this acknowledgement of God 
in everything that we do, committing all of our ways to him. We can lose track of that, but God has a message in that for us. And we can begin to pull back very easily and say, listen, this is what I'm doing right now. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. This is where I'm going. And we start to pull back on that and how we think about it, what we do about it, rather than keeping in the forefront of our thinking, God has my best interests in the forefront of his thinking. And so if I have his best interest in the forefront of my thinking, we're in agreement about him and about me. Come on, you have to believe that. God has your best interest in the forefront of his thinking. Well, that's working. I can hear that. Y'all are like, Listen, if he didn't have your best interest at the forefront of his thinking, Jesus didn't have to come and die. Jesus didn't have to shed his blood. God looked down and he saw you and he loved you so much and desired covenant relationship with you so much. Not covenant that was just once a year, continually a sacrifice just to keep something intact. But I want eternal, daily, moment-by-moment relationship available to you because it's to your best interest to have me, God speaking, me in you every minute of every day. For there's an enemy out there that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I've come to not only give you life, but bring my life into you. And that life that is more abundant than everything the enemy brings to kill, steal, and destroy, my life, an overflow of my life, is far greater than anything the enemy brings to kill. The life overcomes death. It's a supernatural life. It's a life given through the mingling of our blood with the blood of Jesus. A DNA that creates in the mind of God that if I told Jesus to do it, you can do it. So he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. That you bring your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. It's your reasonable service of worship. So one of the very aspects of covenant that come about, we talk about it, we talked about it with marriage. And it's really the beginning of understanding of uh, of our involvement in that covenant. He brings it right here. And that is that when we stand in a place of uh, making covenant, that there is a vow that has to be made. When we were talking about marriage, I, I took our, 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 the marriage vows that I do as a pastor uh, when I, I do a ceremony. And so, you know, it, it just sounds something like this, you know, uh, I... I Commit, I vow to be faithful to you as your husband or your wife. No matter what the circumstances, sickness, health, poverty, wealth, whatever the situation, I promise to be with here to help you achieve your dreams because your dreams and my dreams are going to be together dreams. 
to stand by your side faithfully till death do us part. But here he says there's a place when you stand before Jesus. And again, we can't really go into this all the time, but we've just come down to, I prayed, I prayed this prayer, I'm getting to heaven, praise the Lord. But really, uh, I'm just going to break this down for a moment. When you come, and what Paul is saying here, is you're coming and you're making a vow to say, I understand what you have done for me. And so I'm bringing myself to you right now. And I'm asking you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I commit to give you possession of my life. Because I believe that you represented me on the cross. And so because I believe that you represented me and God raised you from the dead and I was in you and you were in me in the mind of God, I give you my life. In sickness, in health, in poverty, in wealth, no matter what the circumstance of life may be, you are mine, I am yours, be the Lord of my life. And he says, when you commit to that, when you vow to give me your life, I will come and give you my life. We are joined in covenant. So we may need to do an altar call at the end because you might have said, oh, no, wait a minute, I never, I never promised to give him my life. I just said, get me to heaven, please. But that's why we begin to get into difficulty. And we begin to question God. We begin to question, why isn't this working? But we're not fully, say it with me, committed. committed. Some of you are getting it. Some of you went, (laughs) but by the end, we'll get committed. Aren't fully committed to him, but you want him to be fully committed to you. The good news is, he is fully committed to you. But you can't fully know that without being fully committed to him. You can't realize the oneness experience if you're pulling back from being immersed into him. So it's covenant. It's not a ticket to heaven. Thank God for heaven. Thank God there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. But the reality of the life that we experience in heaven is made when you enter into that covenant oneness with him. And with his body. So he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service for us. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Message Bible says it like this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you 
Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walk around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without, without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So he says, don't be conformed to this world. We'd all say, I'm not being conformed to this world. I'm, I'm. But there's a, a thought in our world that really is, Everything in life is disposable. We're getting to that place so much in our culture, everything is disposable, easy to get rid of. And so in the church, we began to get to that point. Like, I'm coming to God. If God doesn't really make, please my fancy that much, well, then I'm going to be mad at God. I'll just go find something else. I'll get, mar get married if it's not what I expect. I'll just go find a new one. God calls me to a church. I don't really like it too much. I'll just go find a new one. Yet God created these relationships not as disposable, but eternal. Not as disposable, but eternal. So we've gotten to the point where we, we don't like commitment. We don't look at commitment. We think it's just kind of, if I don't like it, it's okay. But God's not looking at it that way. Because God has a greater plan for you and for me. He has a greater plan for all of us. And it takes commitment to him, to our family, and to one another to get that done. And when God looks at it, he sees the blood of Jesus connecting all of us through covenant. John says in 1 John, he says, when we walk in the light, when we walk in the revelation of this covenant, we begin to have fellowship with one another. Yes, we have fellowship with him. He already says that we have fellowship with the Father and, with the, and his son, Jesus Christ. But he also says we have fellowship with one another. And the blood, somebody say the blood. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sin. There's something that happens in the synergy of the understanding of covenant that we have in the body, that we're not complaining against one another. We're intricately joined together, that the words of our mouth having covenant aren't blessing and cursing, but they're blessing one another. They're bringing blessing, and in bringing that blessing in the understanding of covenant oneness, that what flows through me in that understanding is catchy, and it can begin to flow through you, and now it begins to flow through us as a body and binds us together, not because of our sin, not because of our shortcomings, not because of what we don't like about one another. It's binding us together through covenant that there's a strength and an overcoming and a recognition that, yes, we were under sin, but now we are new creations in Christ Jesus. So we no longer observe anybody after the flesh, but anyone who's in Christ, engrafted into Christ, we're engrafted through covenant with them in him. So we shouldn't bless God and curse an individual who's created in the likeness and the similitude of God. We shouldn't be in offense with one another because in that offense we have with one another, we are offended with ourselves because we're one. Just as a husband who degrades his wife degrades himself. 
Man, when God gets his way in covenant, a mighty army. When the purity of uncleanness, the, the impurity of uncleanness is washed by the pure blood of Jesus, watch healing power flow. Uninterrupted power. I know you're scratching your head because we don't understand fully the power of covenant, the oneness of covenant. So Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. The writer of Hebrews is ending here. He says, now may the God of, verse 20, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, to do his will. He's making you complete, mature, perfected, through his blood, in every good work, so that we can do his will. Working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever and ever. There's something working through you in him that's cleansing out and purging all that would torment you, all that would bind you, all that would hold you. The reflection and the understanding of the power of covenant through his blood is so powerful. The connection that we have in the Understanding of how we can walk in covenant first with him. The depth of covenant and commitment in that oneness. How we bring it into our family. We begin to eliminate the strife and the selfishness that overtakes us from day to day, from situation to situation. We begin to see that the oneness that we have is for the support and the strength of the family against the strategy of the enemy, so that together we can do his will. Not so that I can have my way, but so that together we can do his will and begin to per perpetuate through a generation. And in that perpetuating through a generation, we join families together as one, families together as one in the body to begin to knit together in community differently than we ever have before. That in this community, there's a greater reflection and, and binding together that they will know that we are his disciples because of our covenant love one for another. In other words, he says, listen, they'll know because you are so bound by the covenant and the love that you have for me that reflects in love for one another, that it'll be undeniable to the world 
that you are mine. So it's so important as we go out that we don't find people who don't know Jesus to help us solve our differences with one another, to talk bad about one another, because then they're like scratching their head and saying, oh, wait a minute, I thought this Jesus was like about unity and love and connection, but you all you do is talk bad about each other. All you do is fault find with each other. And that's easy to do if we're not understanding that we're covenanted together. This is just something I could take or leave. Church is something I could take or leave. Just want to get to heaven. No, you can't take or leave it because it's the body of Christ. It's something that you were immersed into the day you got born again. And that's good news. It's not bad news. If we rightly understand it, we will stomp on the neck of church hurt. I don't think you can do that because there's some people in the church that, yeah, but you won't think about it the same. You won't let it wound you the same. As we get into the thought of covenant, you know, there's the, all the blessing of the covenant. On the back side of covenant, it's very critical on the back side of covenant. So we see in Deuteronomy, we see the blessing, and then we see the curse. I'm going to show you that this wasn't just, okay, this wasn't just how Deuteronomy lined it out. In Africa, in Asia, in the Middle East, centuries past, they were sold on blood covenant. Sold on blood covenant. If you broke that covenant, they would declare, they would make a vow, and that would be all the blessings of the covenant. Because we're joining together, these are the great things that are going to happen. These are the great things that are going to happen. Right here, uh, I was, I was going to get to this, but we're not. This is uh, between uh, Henry Stanley in Africa. One of the greatest, uh, he, he joined with one of the greatest tribal leaders. Uh, I'll, I'll share some of this, but he, he cut over 50 covenants in Africa. To just, he went to find Dr. Livingston, a missionary, Scottish missionary, and he was going all over Africa to find him, ran into all kinds of adversity, but he learned very quickly to cut covenant. Over and over, they call it bro, uh, uh, blood brotherhood, covenant friendship, or it says over and over, he went and he said, we need to make strong friendship with this tribe. And so they had just cut covenant here. The leader of the tribe declares to 2,000 people of the tribe, he said, today, and it names all the African names for Stanley, he said, today, we are one. Today, we are one. We have joined hands. Hurt not Bulimatari's people. Steal not from them. Offend them not. Bring food and sell to him at fair price, gently, kindly, and in peace, for he is my brother. Hear you, ye people of Iboko, you by the riverside and you of the interior. We hear, and then they say, we hear Mata Buiki, shouted the multitude, and the ceremony ended.
He said, I've just cut covenant. You do everything to bless him, and you do nothing to hurt him because we've cut covenant. In this, he cut 50 covenants and found out that even though he had to give away something that was critical to his health, he received from that tribal chief a scepter and a spear that knowing he had covenant with him wherever he went, he could access what he needed for his medical need. There's such a bond in in those cultures, yet it's not even as binding as we have in the church with the blood of Jesus. And so they would always stand up and they would declare, here's the benefits of the covenant. But if you break this covenant, one of the pledges that was brought forth from the leader that was pronouncing the vow, if you break this covenant, every bad thing that could happen will come upon you. That even your weapon will blow up in your hands and wound you. Sickness will overtake you. That's how critical the covenant was. When we begin to understand that and we take communion together, we take communion. He says when we take communion together and you do it in an unworthy manner, an unknowledgeable manner, you don't know the value of the covenant that you're participating in. He says you eat and drink condemnation to yourself. For this reason, many are sick and even some have slept. Why? Because we've taken juice and bread and we've just taken it religiously instead of understanding the covenant with God, the covenant with one another that we are participating in. And so many people look and say, why do these things happen around? But I believe if we start to understand covenant to a new depth, We're going to rise to a place of understanding the goodness of God, keeping that covenant and the good things that God has done for us, what we're doing together, how God is bringing us forward in this generation, this time, not separately, not according to our own wants and our own needs, but really what God has done, that we might do his will. We've not been redeemed with the corruptible things, or we've not been redeemed with the blood of bulls and goats, but by the precious blood of Jesus. We've been set free from sin to serve the living God. There's a connection within this that's so deep that if we could grasp it to any measure, to any measure, we'll be connected and bound together for life, not just with Him, but with one another. We'll truly see that we have a responsibility to have each other's back to serve one another. And God will be right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it, helping us, strengthening us, giving wisdom and understanding. Long life, strength, health, as we commit ourselves to the covenant that we have with Him. Why don't you stand up with me? Father, we thank You. We praise You. We magnify You. We glorify You. Your good and Your mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Your loving kindness is from everlasting to everlasting. Help us in the days to come.
have a greater understanding, a greater clarity. Give me a greater ability to communicate the power, the blessing, the force of covenant relationship. Give us ears to hear. We might bind together, connect together so deeply that there will be no gap in which the enemy can penetrate to steal, to kill, or to destroy. But there will be such unity that he will not find a way in that will truly know and see that he is under our feet, that we tread upon him and all of his authority. We reign over it. It does not reign over us. So thank you for wisdom and revelation and understanding coming on a daily basis to keep covenant in the forefront of our thinking. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, there will be altar workers up here to pray with you, to join with you. You say, you know what, I need to understand that commitment. I need to pray that prayer to really make Jesus the Lord of my life, to enter into that covenant relationship and the covenant blessings that go with that. They'll be up here. They'll pray with you. They'll, they'll love to pray with you. Bring you into that relationship, that covenant relationship with God. Say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day.